calling all astral projectors. Calling all astral projectors. Now it's time for Tales from Beyond the Veil. And now it's time for the rant of the day. I don't mean to offend. Gonna say it anyway. Guys, holy shit. The fuck? I just, I don't even know anymore. I just got this, sorry, I'm, I'm just, I have to just smoke constantly in order to keep sane nowadays. So, nothing's new. Um, Jesus, so I, my manager just sent me this deadline article about how it's going to be, you know, or Hollywood Reporter, I don't know what the fuck it was. But, uh, okay, hey, this is the rant of the day. So, um, so this is how it's going to be now when we go back to work. <laughs> it's going to be... It's it's like, God forbid you have a commute because it's going to add an hour and a half <laughs> to your day because you get tested when you go to, it's going to be a, a test when you go to work. So then, so you get to work, so you've driven to work, right? So you might as well just sleep at work. You might as well just sleep at your fucking cubicle, right? And then you're just going to wake up from your fucking rat race job. So you don't have to travel, so you so you can social distance. Everyone's just going to sleep at their desks. That's what it is. And everyone's just going to plug into their fucking computers right into their faces. You're going st- to you're going you're, you're to hear a ding, ding, and then you wake up, and then you're gonna, there's going to be a scanner. It's going to go, oh, you're fever free. God forbid. And then you get like a little smiley face badge. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my God! You're a you're a viable citizen. Go and procure some money. It's like, a, a what the fuck? Are we goddamn robots? And then you're just fucking constantly walking around, going, "Have to keep my temperature down. Have to keep my temperature down." Like, oh my God! Oh my God! People running around with ice packs in their pants. Like, God forbid. God forbid you, you smoke a joint. You're like, oh shit, I'm late for work. And you have to run. You're running, you're running, and you're, you're late. You know, it happens. You know, whatever. You have a family. You're not even smoking. You have a family. You know, you have to you change the diaper. You got shit on your hands, and you have to wash your hands like everybody else. So now you're, you're running for your life. You're running for your life to get to fucking work because you can't take any public transportation anymore. And your car has been impounded because you can't pay your bills. So now you get to work and you're online. You're waiting for the, the hour and a half line. <laughs> oh, my God. For everyone getting tested. <laughs> so now you have to. So God forbid you, you, you get tested and your temperature's up because you've been, you've been running, right? And you're sweating because now everyone's looking at you sideways. You're just like, oh, God. He's like, what? I'm sorry, I'm a sweater. Like, I sweat. You know, like, oh, shit. You're fucked. The next thing you know, then it's August. You're fucked. And then the next thing you know, the next thing you know, an hour and a half later, ding, up, oh, your test is back. You gotta go home. Wait, what? Sorry, you can't pay your bills today. You gotta get the fuck out of here. Oh, we're gonna escort you out of here. Like, by the way, wear your gloves and mask. Okay, here's the crazy thing. If, it, if it's not crazy enough for you yet. So this is what, so if you're an actor on one of these films on a set, like how the fuck are we, how the fuck are we going to do The Walking Dead now? They're going to have to individually package each 
fucking uh, walker. They're going to have to individually package all the walkers. And then when they call action, <coughs> they're going to unseal all the walkers. It's going to be such a waste of plastic. They're going to unseal all the walkers. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to push in the fucking star that's not allowed to have any kind of mask or gloves on. Everything is going to be packaged. Everything is going to be... It's, you're going to have individually packaged cigarettes inside your cigarette case. There's going to... Everything... You'll see, man. It's just going to be fucking nuts. You, okay, you can't go to the crafts... There's going to be... You can't go to a craft services table anymore, which is like a party. You know, basically, you have, a, you have bowls of food there. That, that, no, no more. You can't have a bowl of food that just sits out for a while with many hands going into it and people grabbing nuts and M&Ms. Never, never again. That's kind of good, I think. But now each individual M M&M and M is gonna be fucking individually wrapped, and it's just gonna, it's gonna be like what, where, what? Everything is gonna go plastic. It's the, they they gave us a hint in the graduate. The future is plastics. It's silicon. It's plastic. We're becoming plastic. Everything is plastic is everywhere. The fucking this uh you know whatever. Nano fucking technology, if you believe in that shit, that's in everything. <laughs> it's just like everything's toxic. We might as well be robots. You know what I mean? It's like <clears throat> the um anyone who's surviving now who has been surviving and hasn't had a vaccine um and knock on wood and is you know in the last 20 years, and who, fuck, I think I did have a fucking tuberculosis vaccine about 10 years ago. Who knows what the fuck was in that? Oh, God. Anyway, you know what? I'd like to just say right away, there's a lot of things that come out of my mouth on a scientific level. I often, I often get the actual chemistry and the, the maybe the, uh, you know, the the actual what the the thing is like the actual name of it serotonin melatonin you know my intention is pure <laughs> you get that don't you you understand that people my intention is fucking pure i'm trying to heal people here trying to save the world i want people to look shit up and they can figure out what the exact words are man it's the themes the goddamn themes that's what you should be listening to Read between the lines for yourselves. Jesus Christ. So, the, I mean, fuck, this is it. They have a spider balls. They have a spider balls. We're all in our houses. You can't go back to, you know, doing what your job is. Here you go. You spent your whole life. You figure out your purpose. Now you're getting fucking paid for it. And in order to do it, <laughs> you got to sell your fucking soul every morning when you get to work. I wonder what these tests are going to be. It better be a scanner. It better be something that does not touch my body in any way. Fuck that. Fuck that. It better not be some kind of swab up my ass, some swab at the back of my throat. And hopefully it's, you know, vice versa. Excuse me, did you just swab my ass and then use the same swab for my throat? Are you trying to get me sick or something? Oh, no, 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 no. Let me just change these gloves out. Um, you know what? I don't know what the fuck is going on, but this is like out of a goddamn sci-fi film. This is crazy. So what's up? What's next? What usually happens in the sci-fi film next? 
You, I mean, think about it. Think about a good sci-fi film. There's, uh, there's, there's underground sewer revolutionaries. Think about that. There are underground mutant sewer revolutionaries that are, are disgusting. They're disgusting, okay? They haven't been vaccinated. They probably have corona, and they're disgusting. <laughs> May I just underline that they're disgusting. <laughs> and they're just coughing on everything, and that's how they live. That's how they, they get by. They just cough on it, and it's theirs. It's like, I coughed on it. It's mine. This is how they live. The meek shall inherit the earth. They're going to reclaim the streets. And, uh, and then we're going to find out in the end that if we befriend these people, their uh, mutagen uh, blood, mutagenic blood, is actually the cure. But f- fuck you if you get that fucking vaccine of the mutated sewer people into my blood. Fuck that. I'd rather just homeschool for the rest of my life. Let me tell you something about homeschooling. Oh, gosh. I love my kids, but I got a little PTSD, you know. Usually I get to leave and go for a walk. and I mean, I've been doing that, but I can't now because all of my time is spent, you know, putting out fires with my children here. Um, when I say that, I mean that... Um, you know, they're, they're eight and four, and it's, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, I'm glad I don't have teenagers. I don't know how the fuck people are doing that right now. But, um, you know, sometimes you just want to be an, uh, an adult and work on your, your script or your emails or something, and you're, you're, you have to, it's zen. You got to be in a place of zen, man. I mean, you know. And if you don't give your kid that full attention in that moment when they need you, it's the end of their world. And you're their whole world right now. Uh, their whole world, my kid's whole world, exists of the four people in my immediate family, man. Holy shit. So if one quarter of that is not super cool at all times, that messes up their world. So I got to be super cool. At all times, my kid wants me to watch her do some ridiculous concert where she's speaking in gibberish the entire time. And I give the standing ovation. God forbid you enjoy it. Because I'm like, I thought, okay, I'm going to give the standing ovation and that's it. How could she? Nope, nope, now she's addicted. Oh, they must love it. So she's she's now she's still, she's still probably doing four more concerts. My my wife and I are taking shifts watching the concerts of gibberish. Um, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. <laughs> I know it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Our forefathers and our four sisters and our four mothers. Oh, four motherfuckers. They you know. They were on the prairies and they were living on the range, you know? They didn't have, they didn't have podcasts. They had the fucking, they didn't have washing machines. (laughs) Oh my God. Those poor bastards.
They smelled bad, but they knew how to take care of themselves. No one, I wonder what happened back then. It was, I guess everyone got used to it. They were like, yeah, that's a good stink. Certain stinks are bad stinks, but she's got a good stink. I like a woman that bathes every once in a while. And even the water that they bathe in. It's like, yeah, you know, the whole, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Yikes. That whole thing, that's because they'd, they'd wash the baby last. <laughs> oh, I'm going to throw up. <coughs> Dad would just sit in it, sit in the tub. Me first. I've been working all day. I'm sweaty. Hell. Uh, and I was rolling around with the mules. So then he gets in the tub. <coughs> oh, that's just wrong. And the, the tub's already just filthy. And then he's just like... Hold on, let me shave. The wife needs a nice smooth cheek when I'm humping her. And then he's just like, oh, this is fur. There's fur. And then the wife is just like, oh, honey, I love how you laid me a nice warm stinky bath. And she's like, darling, you know how I love you. And then she gets into it. Oh, okay, I'm going to throw up. I can't go further with this bit. Oh. So by the time you get to the, the poor little baby, in the bathwater. It's God forbid there's more than three children in your family. Oh, those poor people. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. Hopefully, we'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> oh, God. Save the children. Don't put them in. Don't throw them out with the bathwater. Save them. Oh, my God. Throw up. Anyway, that's not entertaining. You guys don't want to hear me throw up. <laughs> Cut to everybody listening. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right, here goes. I needed that. Oh, that's been waiting to come out for a while. That was like an ayahuasca barf. Whoop, slithered away. I don't know what the fuck that was. Some weird vril thing that crawled up my ass by accident. I wouldn't let it into my eye. Not willingly. But those things, they get out, you know. They get out of the host and they're just like, that guy looks funny. Next thing you know, you wake up in the morning, your ass is a little sore. And you're not yourself. <laughs> that's, just, that's just my theory. I don't know what that thing was that slithered away. Nothing, really. Just some, it was probably some kind of tumor or something. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, that was quite a rant. Holy fucktosis. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm clinically uh, insane. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm watching The Shining on a loop, and I'm, and I'm looking at my wife, and I'm doing a lot of Nicholson impressions. Um, and and I'm, she's just like, ha, 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 that's funny. And... My youngest is named Franny, and I'm constantly calling her Danny, and I'm and I'm just like catching myself, and ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Dan. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I think I'm just gonna build a replica of the labyrinth in my garden here, just for shits and giggles. Holy shit! Everything's gonna be fine, guys. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. Sarah Connor, who are you? I'm here for Sarah Connor. Get the fuck out.
out of here, man. Seriously? For the reals? Fuck, okay. Okay, I got it. I, I got you. No problem. I don't know Sarah Connor, but uh, you're here. For reals. This is real. Skynet is real. You know of Skynet? <laughs> yes, I do. We saw a movie about it, and we're living it now. <laughs> it is. It's an AI. It takes over everything. Ugh. My favorite actor is Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I, I mean, I bet. I mean, he's you. He is me. This is crazy. I gotta go. I gotta do a podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> Holy fuck, he just disappeared. <laughs> it's not a tumor. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, that was awesome. He came back and he tied all that joke from earlier together. That was great. I guess if you're flying in from the future, you can do that kind of thing. When I say that we're living Skynet, I mean, when I say that we're living it, we're fucking living it, people. Let's tick down all of the ways that we're not in nineteen living 1984 George Orwellian universe right now. Let's do that. Because it's not about how do we, how do we prove, you know... That it is? It's how we prove that it's not. But seriously, between CERN, between, you know, the singularity, between fucking Elon Musk just being like, oh, no, no, everything's cool in one hand, and then on the other hand, he's just a goddamn mad scientist. Just, oh, he's just sending a million rockets up into the atmosphere. That can't be for anything 5G or Blue Beam or uh, False Flag related. You guys got to listen to that uh, episode that I did on First Man. Uh, where I went to the 40X place in LA and, and all the people from SpaceX were there. They wanted to see the movie. There was, and afterwards, I was like, hey, stay for the podcast. One guy stayed. <laughs> he stayed for like one question. And I said, how is it different, you know, from what you know about, you know, rockets and space travel? He said, yeah, the seats, they were moving sideways. They were jiggling sideways instead of jiggling forward. When you're, when you're traveling in a rocket, it should be jiggling forward instead of jiggling sideways. Bye! And that's then he left. And I don't know if that's because they smelled pot on me and Elon had that thing with Rogan where he smoked the joint and they didn't want it to be anywhere near me because they had that memo that said anyone that's near anybody that smokes pot, they're fired. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that deal was. But that was a weird podcast because then it was just me and the... You know, just the 40X guys talking about how they made the movie. But there were certain things in that movie that still... Um, I wish that I asked the SpaceX guys. I went to SpaceX. I had a tour there in L.A. And um, I noticed things. It just seemed like it was... They were just showing me like a, like the surface. Like, a you know, just the shell of what they're doing. Of course, they're not going to put everything out in the open. But it, it really just looked like, um, it, I don't know, it looked like a display. You know, it really wasn't, I just, I don't know, it, it, it looked like like the Truman Show, you know? <laughs> it was like, like if I came back five minutes later, everyone would just be on a break 
just being like, hey, bought it. And then I come back and they just be like, oh, shit, everyone get back to work. Holy fuck. Uh, you know, that, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, that's, that's just how it kind of felt to me. And there's one thing that in, in, um, in First Man, when they went to the moon, um, they don't show any stars. And that's how they get away with, you know, not having to say exactly where the moon's placement is ever. You see a lot of pictures, moon moon landing pictures. There's no fucking stars in the sky. I mean, that seems crazy to me. There's no atmosphere. Those stars should be blazing, you know? Um... And you, you don't see any of them. There's, it's almost like they're photoshopped out out of, out of all of these moon landing pictures. Um, you know, I obviously have an obsession with the moon. I My comic book, Moon Lake, is about all this. Um, I've always had a suspicion, ever since I was a child. Um, looking up at a moon as a kid from my, you know, as we drive along in the backseat of my dad's car, my parents, you know... Radio playing, just yeah. I remember being just like a fucking toddler and just looking up at the moon and how it follows you, you know, in the night sky. And I was like, oh, it's like it's almost alive. And the fact that we only see one side of the moon is so strange to me. It's so strange. And now Christopher Walken talking about why the moon is strange. It's as if we're in a hammer throw relationship. With the moon. So they just they just told everybody they declassified up. Oh, actually they declassified it a while ago, but no one gave a shit. And then they, they declassified the UFOs again. And still no one gives a shit. They're just like, yeah. Because people are just like you know, so desensitized. They're either like, Oh, it's fake, it's just you know, military have their own UFOs. Or it's like, uh, they're like, oh, okay, it's a UFO. I've seen a UFO before. I want to see some aliens. I want to see them parading up and down the street. Nice ones. I just want to see nice aliens. Might be cool to see bad ones too, but I hope I get a laser gun or something. Like, people... Like what if what if what if you know they do the Watchmen comic book narrative and it's the false flag alien invasion, but no one gives a shit. Everyone's just like, you know, tweeting about it. They're just like critiquing it. You know, hashtag I don't know about these aliens. You know, hashtag you know choose between lizard and raccoon will you you know it's like they're just like the aliens aren't good enough you know and then that just fucking falls apart everyone's just like those aliens were pretty lame man fucking baby yoda was better like (laughs) fucking stupid you know the aliens come the aliens have brought a plague. Oh, who gives this shit? Everyone sit inside. Oh, it sucks. The aliens are at your door. Well, invite them in. Just fucking whatever. I'm wearing a mask. 
Do they want anything to eat? They want to eat you. Fuck. Ah, oh, shit. Someone grab me a knife. What is he going to do with that knife? He's going to stab that fucking reptile, weird raccoon hybrid in the fucking face, bitch. Welcome to the Ford Experience. All right, up next we have uh, our guest today. is a very uh, special buddy of mine. Um, he was there at the be- very beginning of my Don Peyote experience when I, in my early 30s, when I wanted to capture my uh, spiritual awakening, <laughs> um, if you, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, he was there, man. He was the, the Mad Hatter. He was the king of collective hardware where um, all of the synchronicities started just multiplying. Uh, and I, without that place, I couldn't have made Don Peyote. I couldn't have really gone down the rabbit hole as far as I did. So um, the wild thing is, is that my character, Warren Allman, gets so obsessed with what's coming next. You know, it was just so appropriate. You know, what, what, what's the future? So this is back during 2012, and he's freaking out about it. And he's going around and he's, you know, chicken little. You know, he's basically uh, wondering if the sky is falling. And he's asking all of these wise men and wise women, you know, how do we prepare? How do I, you know, get ready for this? Or is there getting ready for this? Or, you know, what's coming next? And so he... Um, Warren gets so wrapped up in it, in the fear, um, that the the stress and um, he literally bumps into the guy with the end is near sign. And the movie Don Peyote is an exploration of, of who is that fucking guy? I always wondered, who is that guy that ends up, you know, a street prophet walking around with a sign going, the end is here, or the end is near, or the end is fear, or whatever the fuck those signs say. So I thought it would be interesting if the main character bumps into this guy with the sign and then eventually becomes his own kind of street prophet. It's like he bumps into the guy and then he goes on his own hero's journey and he goes to this metamorphosis and he becomes Don Peyote, who is this, you know, um, instead of uh, the end is near or the end is here, um, he's selling, you know, the peace vibe, the love vibe, that's what's on his sign, essentially. So, and he becomes like a shaman, you know, he becomes this, this, um, this shaman poet walking the earth. So the funny thing is, is that that is what my next guest has become. Stuart Bronstein became Don Peyote. I became me, you know, I had my moments. I turned the dial up on my experiences, obviously, but... He went down the rabbit hole, especially with the experimentation with ayahuasca, peyote, all the different, you know, um, uh, third eye opening medicines. So, um, and he really went through the transformation. He started out as a guy who was, you know, he'll tell you, he was, uh, he was a fan of the more, uh, you know, um, you know, the, the, the chemical drugs, you know, um, which would keep a New Yorker like him, you know, going all night, uh, running 
you know, nightclubs and uh, art studios and galleries and the, the things that he had to do. But then when he was bitten by the Don Peyote bug, he started to make this transition toward the natural stuff. And he, um, he'll tell you in his own words. So here's, uh, here's Stuart Bronstein. Uh, this should be quite interesting. What's going on, Dan? Where are you yeah. right now? Well, I'm at, I'm in upstate New York, actually by Albany right now. And do you feel safe? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I feel safe. Actually, I feel safe in the fact that there is no safety. Ah. So you're just. You're just going with chaos theory. I, I'm, I'm, I actually really find like it took like I went through some processes, but I really feel like um, I've come through to this point where this is like everything I've ever wanted. I'm an anarchist, you know. Like this is like I, there's no there's no thought of future, you know. I'm I'm very I, I you know me I travel light. I'm all over the place. And there's just like an opportunity to really learn your, your, your personal alchemy right now. You know, like it's like all this pressure and this infinite darkness. And it's like, I don't know, it's getting kind of exciting for me or something. It's very strange. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. You're excited that the system is crumbling. Yeah. I'm kind of excited that the, that the system is crumbling too, but uh, you know, it's like um, it's like what Deepak Chopra said that one time, where he was just like, you know, uh, when the water is boiling, you know, there has there has to be turbulence before the beautiful steam, you know. So we're yeah. we're in the uh, we're in well, the yeah, turbulence I, right now, and hope hopefully the steam is coming. Yeah. That's the alchemy I always talk about. So you got water, you got boiling point, and then you got steam. You know, so that's the the, al- the alchemy. But you got to get through the boiling yeah. point, which is you know, and and uh, that's that's the hard part. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I wanted to talk to you is because you know I missed you. I haven't haven't I wanted to make sure you were doing okay, but also, <laughs> but also, um, I've been talking about Don Peyote a lot lately on my mm-hmm. show, um, and. That obviously was, you know, a big starting point for me on this uh, awakening journey mm-hmm. that a lot of us that a lot of us are on, um, and you were a huge part of that. So let me just give a little uh, preface to the, the, how this whole thing got started. So it was it's probably like around 2010 or 2011, and I t- and I started to have these spiritual little, you know, earthquakes in my, you know, I started to have these like crazy dreams and, and just started to have these intuitions. And I was like, I and these synchronicities, specifically the synchronicities and I needed to capture it. And I wanted to make a documentary. And I said, I said to my, uh, Mike Canzanero, who's been on the show before, who Stuart knows very well. Uh, I turned to Mike, and I said, look, I just want to be simple. Just just follow me around with the camera. I kind of have a structure for how I want to get into this where 
I go to this party. So this is what I told him. I sat him down. And I said, okay, I want to shoot this opening scene where we go to this party. And at this party, I meet all these people and I interview these people that, like all these different wise men and, uh, and wise women that give me an introduction to, you know, the, the new age 2012, you know, universe. So I described this to him, and I was like, and he goes, oh, I know exactly the play. And I don't know how he, and I was like, oh, okay. So it was literally like the universe said, okay, this guy wants to, we're going to help this, we're going to, we're going to conspire in Dan's favor here, like literally. It's like the alchemist. We're going to, the universe is like, I'm going to, Dan wants to make this, it's a noble effort. I'm going to put in, the universe is like, I'm going to put in Dan's lap exactly all the tools that he needs in order to start his film. So where, so I was like, I want, you know, where, I always, I always refer to it as the, as the, the Mad Hatter's tea party. I was like, this is, this is where my character goes first to start interviewing people. And so that's collective hardware. And Mike was like, yeah, I know this place. It's called collective hardware. I've been there before. It's like this, uh, you know, pop-up, uh, Andy Warhol, you know, grandchild museum um, and a party zone uh, on the Bowery on the Lower East Side. You got to come. This is where we're going to shoot it. And I said, okay, great. So I just decided to say yes to everything. And we show up. And Stuart, describe to the audience what collective hardware was. Oh, wow. Um, so it was like, it's, I, I think it was more of like an imaginarium or like some sort of like portal because what it was, was it was a whole building on the Bowery. And what happened was that um, we, we had this, I, uh, my friend got the building and then the real estate in that area wasn't taken off. So he had a big problem with the building. He needed to do something different with the building. So he called me in there. I was like this kind of counterculture artist in New York. And I used to do all these crazy big projects. And he said, what do you want to do with this building? And I was like, well, I would just take over the whole building and I do like art gallery downstairs and like little lounge area up here, another art gallery. And uh, the third floor would be like some media station. Fourth floor would be like a, um, a music studio and the fifth floor would be like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, whatever. We just get all different ideas, whatever was coming to us, really, you know. So the idea was we didn't have any money to do anything. But I always had this ability to create, you know, a scene or make something happen. And I had this little formula for that where I would, um, I would have friends that were, you know, very charismatic in all different circles in New York. So I would, you know, I would have, like, I would know the people that knew all the people in all the different scenes from, like, drag queens to celebrities to, like, gangsters to homeboys to all different kinds of, of, of groups. And I brought them all in, and I said, this is yours. What do you want to do? And we basically gave space away to everybody. And it was kind of like curating people of all different worlds to bring them together and and uh create this like you know imaginarium but the idea was that it would be financed with events so this started in 2008 and 
it took off right away. It was like this cool hip thing and everybody in there was coming there. And then we were getting all these big events to help finance the building of this project. And then the economy dropped out and all the events stopped. So it, like it changed the whole thing. Like, there were no events. There was no money. So which actually was a benefit. So then it got into a whole new thing where we were just kind of giving everything away and also doing a lot of illegal stuff to make some ends meet here and there. But it was like um, a complete uh, like um, anarchist haven for anything could happen. And it got to the point where the place was just kind of curating itself. And like every, everyone was there, all different types of people together. You know, uh, it wasn't so, it wasn't like the segregated scenes of today, you know, where everything's kind of like very segregated. It was just like a mix of everybody. And it was going like 24 hours a day and it almost killed me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it was, a, <laughs> and, then, and, then the, and then the whole building burnt down. Yeah, I lost everything, and then I lost everything, and that was just around the same time as the starting of Don Peyote. Well, it was, we started Don Peyote, and then, and then you know, then the place burnt down, right? It was yeah, uh, yeah. Well, well, I, actually, what happened? We had, man, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I ever told you the story. Just real quick, is yeah, yeah. We started the movie. And then, like, ayahuasca was coming to me from everywhere, from Daniel Pinchback and you and all this, like, talk of ayahuasca, ayahuasca, ayahuasca and medicine. And, and I was, like, not into it. I was, I was more into the, to the you know, the, the city drugs and, the, you know, the art scene world stuff, you know. And uh, so one day, someone wa- I wanted to put a ceremony together in the building, and I joined in. And I figured, well, you know, I figure I'm making a movie about this. I might as well know what it is, you know. And after I sat in that ceremony and realized that this is what I've been looking for my, in my, my entire life, like this art form, this shamanic art form, this, this way was like, it just like totally seduced me. And then two weeks later, the building burnt down. Whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> and okay, I lost so... everything. And then I started just doing medicine. Right. That, oh, wow. That's right. You, <laughs> Okay, yeah. so I, this story this story is fascinating because you beca- you became Don Peyote. You were yeah, you became the real shaman because I it, when I first met you, you know you were you were the uh, you know you were like the the Lower East Side wheeler dealer knew everybody. You were the Mad yeah. Hatter, like that. Like yeah. when I like yeah. I, I asked what what I. I, what I imagined, that's what I saw when I came to Collective Hardware. I was like, "Oh my God, this is crazy!" That I, this is exactly what I needed. Everybody there. You remember you had that long table that was like a wraparound table, and you had all your you know disciples around. Yeah. And you were the head, and it seemed like every time I every time I walked in there, it was the, it was the Mad Hatter's tea party, and I come in and yeah. I throw down a big sack of weed. I throw down some ganja and everyone we start smoking and everyone would start talking and that's where I learned this stuff. I learned about DMT and ayahuasca and I would just basically sit around and, and smoke people out and just pick their brains and t- get interviews. It was exactly the place that I needed to be. I don't know if it was the epicenter of the movement, but it was definitely a fucking portal, like you're saying, like one of the one of the energy nodes, you know, of this thing, this 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 
collective transition uh, toward 2012, a lot of it was, and he, okay, so here's the fucking kicker. So I get there, I'm like, it's the first day I'm meeting you. We're like, we're like hitting it off. We're like, okay, great. Like, let's partner up. Let's fucking, so suddenly it's like, okay. So, so let me just recap. The day before I said to Mike, hey, <laughs> I have this idea. <laughs> the next day, we're shooting at Collective Hardware, which is, is it, it had everyone that I needed to start my project. It, right, you, you didn't me, have to go anywhere else. <laughs> I didn't have to go anywhere. Everything was a set. It was art everywhere. Everything. Was, every room was a set. Every person was a fucking character. And <laughs> who was working there? You said it. Daniel Pitchbeck had his office there. What the yeah, fuck are the odds of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Pitchbeck, who wrote... Quetzalcoatl, the Return of Quetzalcoatl, 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl, which was this huge fucking 2012 manual, you know, that was going around during that time. Here's the fucking author. So not only, so the so basically the universe was just like, okay, now we have we have validated your documentary. What are you going to do with it? We have mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. we have given you the go ahead. You have. This man, Every, everything Pitchbeck. you need. <laughs> Daniel Pitchbeck will branch off into all of the interviews that you need. He'll validate everything that you need. And so it was just like, okay, it was like the 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 red carpet was rolled out before me, and that's and the synchronicities just kept on happening every single day, building on top of one after you know the other. That, you, after you, the you know other. that you know why that place was like that with all those different types of amazing people is because. In New York, there are no been anything like that where you can't where you can go somewhere and not have to spend money. You know, it's just a place you can hang. You know, it's like a gathering place. It's like a um, you know, like that, that doesn't exist anymore. You have to go like sit at a table at a restaurant. You can't even stay too long, or you have to go to a cafe or a coffee no, shop. No, it was like a, you know, yeah. no, it was like what they would call like a happening. It was a happening, like like the sixties yeah. that. You know, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, like yeah. a constant fucking happening where they and, and it was this it was a grand central station of experimentation artistically and with like suddenly ayahuasca, like, you, you know, to learn these things on the <laughs> fucking lower east side of Manhattan, you know, is crazy to me. So <clears throat> I reach out to you. Um the other just the other day and I say hey man let's you know because I've been doing these uh, podcast tales from beyond the veil because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just like fuck it I'm just like declassification let's just fucking let's just talk truth on this fucking podcast let's, let's get to the bottom of stuff let's fucking talk about all the experiences all the psychedelic experiences and just get it out in the open and and I think that that is how we're going to evolve and so the movie Don Peyote is about this, you know, this guy who's looking for his purpose in life. He bumps into the guy with the end of his near sign and he becomes infected with needing to find the truth. And what is the idea behind that? And is the end coming? And, and he, and through the course of it, he becomes Don Peyote. He becomes this shaman. So here we are. Stewart, who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is on one side of the spectrum, he's like 
you know, a guy who was like, uh, you know, you, you, you made things happen. You, you know, you, you put the, I always used to say, you know, your, your name was so appropriate because you, you were your steward, you know, you were like a stew of art, you know, and you'd stir, pot, you know, it's like, that's who, that's, that's who you are. And, um, and so, and you were, um, in a place of, of, you know, very New York, very New York energy, you know, mm-hmm. which is in a very intense energy. Um, <laughs> and the energy that you kind of, you, you need to run a place like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so then you start to find stuff like ayahuasca and you start to go through this transformation, right? So let's, yeah, and I remember you talking about some of that early stuff, which was really profound for you at Collective Hardware, where you 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 guys did ayahuasca ceremonies, and you learned that the the building itself was a focal point of uh, like a crossroads of a lot of different energy. You remember yeah, that? There, there, you guys were... that that point that there was there was some experiences in that actually prior to Collective Hardware, I was really an atheist. I was just like, I didn't believe in anything, you know, no spiritual concept at all. Um, and, you know, I, was, I, I, I actually think I was really only, I didn't really ever like the art world either. I thought ever, it was, I just thought all of it was just very vain and egocentric. And, you know, so I always like to do things that are out of the box and, and, and kind of piss, piss everyone off. That was like my thing, you know? Um, right. Now, once, the, once that building burnt down, that was like the last project I did. And there's so many layers to that project and how I kept it going. And I was working with gangsters and cops and everything was illegal. And it was like, really, I had like the darkest, darkest stuff in there. And I had the lightest, lightest people in there. So like shamans to like the hardest core gangsters hanging out in that place, you know? And, you know, if it actually would have survived, I probably would not have gotten out of there alive, you know? It's actually probably good that it, 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 it went down. And it's interesting that I I went down. Did I, did I ever meet uh, those guys? I don't, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember. But, uh, there were always know, so the, many people. The, I, I, you you want to hear a story that's going to blow your mind? So I was Shoot. actually like utilizing some, some gangster friends of mine to help finance some stuff. Like a crazy person. And one of the things they wanted to do was put uh, a blackjack, a legal blackjack uh, table in the place. And I didn't really want that, you know, because I, that, that, that kind of stuff kind of like, you know, I, I mean, I, I was like pushing it for me, you know, but, you know, they weren't going to take no for an answer. So I had to figure out a way of convincing them that it's not a good idea, you know? So I, I so Daniel Pinchback was throwing his 2012 party in there. This is like the first time I actually let Daniel do anything there. And it was for his book, 2012. And it was going to be all these like hippies, you know? And so I told the, the gangsters that this was a good party for them to do their table. So I, and these guys were so classic. They, you know, gold chains, slick back hair. I mean, it, they were like right out of the movies. And, and I loved them. They were great guys, you know? I mean, just so authentic and, and also scary as hell, you know, and, and dangerous, you know, um, they, they were was, good fellas. 
They were good fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was also completely crazy, and I was uh, out of my mind back then. So I, I wasn't afraid of anything or even thinking straight. You know, I was just doing. <laughs> you know, and so what I did was I, I decided that this was going to be a fun. Like this was like my art project now. So this is what I started doing is creating like these art projects, with these little vignettes happening. So I have all these like enlightened spiritual people downstairs doing drum circles. And I have these gangsters running a 21 table upstairs. Right. So then I got a bunch of cute girls that I knew <laughs> and I decided to hang out upstairs with the gangsters. And I told the cute girls to go downstairs, meet some hippie guys and bring them upstairs. And, and all right, so I would sit okay. in the room. Okay, I sat in the room, and by the way, you know, I, I was trying to film this, but they were really angry that I kept on taking out my little foot camera. And what I would do is have these women, these crazy. girls, yeah, bring up the hippies and watch the hippies' faces as they walk into this room with all these gangsters and try to film it. You you are a little fucking anarchist manipulator there. Well, that is, you're playing with fire. Yeah, but it was like it was like also like a beautiful art piece too. I can't explain it. Like I would do lots of different things like that. I would mix these things together, and actually, it brought such a like a, a, a like a texture to the the whole concept. And actually, that's what really that place was about. Was just like everything. There was no. Everyone was there. Every, like, there was no separation. Like, there was something for everybody. It was beyond, you know, limits of, uh, of, of likes or dislikes of, like, taste, you know? It was, like, just all. So that was what was I really remember, um, fun for me. I remember on the, on the uh, second floor, I think, was – all this is in Don Peyote. Uh, uh, on the second floor was a barbershop slash yeah. – uh, and on the and on the the, the floor, the actual the floor was a board. giant Ouija board. And I used to yeah, think yeah, like, was, whoa, that what are that we summoning smart here? Then. Yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> that that was a crazy thing. And actually, a lot of stuff happened after that. And that's when I, I that really, place I I used to sleep in that place. And they, I would hear people running up and down the stairs screaming, and there was no one in the building. And uh, yeah, I, I started recognizing a whole other spiritual world. During that, like that, that place opened up spirituality for me, really, you know, in a sense of like, there's something more than what I'm seeing, you know? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So do you think that between the Ouija board and the mixing of the energies and the different, you know, uh, the portal, the fucking okay. ayahuasca ceremonies and all the different you got. And, and I know that I'd come and, and people would say, like, man, we, we opened up a portal in the somewhere last night. <laughs> like, you, guys, you guys always had a, a, a story. Like, and, and so now you're telling me, yeah, that you, you think yeah. that there were, there were some ghosts. I mean, I, I think that place was that, – that, that building was very famous. In, like, the 1900 I mean, – the 1800s, it was Miner's Theater, where, which yeah. is, was, a, like, a vaudeville theater. It was also a saloon in the 1800s and supposedly like a board villain and killed himself and hung himself on the upstairs floor um, from lost love. And a guy, this crazy speed freak, um, like a uh, tech guy tried to hang himself in the building on the same floor when we were there. Whoa. During, 
Yeah, all kinds of all stuff like that happening. <laughs> and then and then the place just started curating itself. Like the art just started hanging. Like I would wake up in the morning, there'd be new art hung. I wasn't even curating it anymore. It's like left what? my hands. Oh yeah. I mean, I would wake up and there would be like marching bands practicing downstairs. I didn't even book them. <laughs> this is real truth. I think it just like I, I, it just started, it took over life of itself. I didn't even know. I wasn't even like a part of it after a while. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then yeah, it got out of control. That place got out of control. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then it burnt down. It burnt down. It burnt down. And I and it, it burnt um, down because of it was so powerful. I think it's so intense. It was too much. So it burns down, and now you mm-hmm. are on your road to becoming a shaman. So where, where, where you know, what's next for you? You're well, doing, I mean, like, like doing nonstop I, ceremonies. I mean, not to, not to like throw around that word about shaman. You know, I mean, to, to, to what I, what, what I like to say is that I have um, uh, uh, delved deep into working with these plant medicines, and basically what happened was after part went down that's all I've been doing I did that for like 10 years I, I mean I had a couple of little jobs in between a couple of things that I did but basically I just cleaned myself up with these medicines then I helped help you know other people serve it and I served it a little bit myself and um, I've been on this path of uh, understanding how to connect to spirit realms and to the earth medicines and, and the elements. And it's been an incredible journey. And it, it, it's, you know, it's like, uh, I just became kind of in service, you know? Um, so literally I just yeah. kind of travel the world in service now. And I don't even know how it works. Like it just seems like I, I have nothing, but I have everything I need all the time. Right, and it's uh, yeah. yeah. You have purpose, yeah. and the universe provides. It's the alchemist. Yeah. So, I, yeah. just to preface to the audience, um, I've spoken about my Merkaba experience, where where you know many times where Anya, you know Briggs, well, I was sitting on the couch at the collective hardware party, and you were there. You were was there. Yeah, I remember that. Camera. Yeah. And she fucking, you know, said, "Oh, the Galactic Federation is very happy. Welcome, Starseed." You know, that was like. <laughs> Stuart was off camera, um, and Stuart was my, my my first ayahuasca experience in Jersey in that mansion. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that I've I've also talked about on the show several times. So I I, I would love for you to share some uh, new moments um, that you have had connecting to the spirit realm with the various medicines that you work with because they've heard my stories a bunch. So I want to hear some of your stories. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's like, instead of like the, like the, the visions and you see like the, how do I explain it? You know, it's like, it's like synchronicities, right, Dan? Like you, if you experience a bunch of synchronicities, right. Um, and then you sure. tell people about them, right? Like, oh my God, this came and then this came and like this, you know, even like the, whole, you know, whatever it is, right? You know, people look at you right, like, like I'm oh, doing that's right so now. Cool. Yeah, yeah. People look at you like, oh, that's so cool, you know? Like, 
wow. But really what, you're, what, you're, what the understanding is here is that you're starting to learn your, your poetry, the language of your, of your, of your existence, the, the language of your experience, right? The, um, the intuitive language that's showing you something and taking you on the journey and also showing you that it's sort of an illusion, you know? or uh, that your subconscious is speaking to you through the um, outside or the illusion in front of you, right? So, like, um, yeah, I mean, I could share. Maybe I can share. Let me say, like, uh, I, I'd like okay, to share. Let me, let me, yeah. let me, let me just yeah. give an introduction because one of the most fascinating stories that I ever heard, which got me, you know, very interested in this subject of ayahuasca was, when you and a couple of people went to Peru and you told me that you met with a shaman and you had this experience um, on ayahuasca in San Pedro, uh, one of which was you were, you know, taken apart and put back together again yeah. uh, by a fucking grasshopper, you know, entity <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They pulled out your yeah. fucking shockers and shook them like a rattle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, 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 actually, oh, yeah, I mean, that guy was actually, that guy was actually really dark, too. Um, he actually is in jail right now. Someone died at his retreat center. I don't know. Chimbri, the, the guy who served at, the, the, the guy who was like um, the, the quote-unquote shaman at that retreat center. That's a whole other story, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So I went down with the guy who kind of got tricked by him, who built it for him. And what he was doing is he, he puts... Um, uh, um, toe in, in in the medicine, which is like um, very dangerous, like a sh- oh. shaman plant. You know, it's called angel What's trumpets. Called? Uh, angel trumpets, a toe. Okay. okay. And so you're really not supposed to give that to first timers, but he was doing it because he was doing it for the wrong reasons. But you know, I, I, when I went down there, I kind of knew he was dark. I mean, I did know he was dark, but you know, I. I could tell that he was not, you know, of the love and light, you know, um, vibration, you know, but it didn't bother me because I mean, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I'm used to darkness. I'm used to dark kinds of characters and, you know, like it, it, it almost seemed, seemed more in alignment for me to work with someone like that at the time. So, you know, I, we, I drank medicine with him the first night and, and, uh, and, you know, it, it was a very unusual way he served it, too, because you, you drank it in this, like, little maloca, and then you walked down into the jungle, and you're in a tent by yourself. No music, nothing, yeah. just a tent by yourself. And so the first night was good, but it was still, like, kind of, like, I kind of went down there with the intention of, um, of seeing if this was real. You know, it was, like, in the beginning of my thing, I still didn't quite believe it. You know, I wanted to know is this the real deal? Like, what is this? Is this something that's beyond, is this just hallucinations like drugs or is this something beyond that, you know? So, so I, uh, I go the first night and, it, and it's that. It's like hallucinations and I'm seeing symbols and stuff like that. I'm not that impressed. And then the next night it's San Pedro and I go and San Pedro is really, it's, it's very like, um, kind of gives you a mojo. It's like, it's very strong and very like, uh, it's, it's really interested in the ayahuasca, you know? So the third night we go to the sit and he's coming around and he tells me that he wants me to take San Pedro. 
And I'm like, no, I want to take ayahuasca. And I like kind of make a scene <laughs> in the ceremony, right? And the guy's looking at me yep. and his friends look at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I know what I want. I'm like, I, I, want, I came to drink that medicine. I, I, I like San Pedro, but there's a connection I have with this medicine and I want to drink it. So I was like kind of standing my ground with it. So there's like a little commotion I created in like this ceremony, <laughs> you know? And then he starts, he says, okay, okay, okay. And he starts pouring the medicine and going around. And when he gets to me, he passes me and, and keeps on going. He yeah. makes it to the end and then picks up a different bottle than he was serving and gives me some of that medicine. And my friend looks at me from across the room and goes, you're fucked. I remember <laughs> And I drank it anyway. This is yeah. my, my craziness, right? So I knew this was going to be a big thing. And I go down to my tent. I had a feeling that something very big was going to happen. And I just went through this process where I literally got like completely particleized and then like snapped back together in the God seat. And like, I went through this process where I was like screaming. And I, I just, I had happened to a pressed like record on my, my flip phone, even though I couldn't see anything. Um, I, I, I wanted to just get the audio. I don't know what made you me do it. I just did it. Yeah, it was in the dark. It was pitch black. And like after I went through this crazy process and like, you know, had this experience of literally, you know, like sitting on the porch of this tent and putting my finger out and pushing the jungle and having it wave like in the matrix and like having this experience of like almost like feeling like I physically, demental, uh, you know, dimensionally shifted or something, you know? The next morning I listened to the recording and there were like two or three voices screaming at the same time. What? Yeah. So that was my, that, I, that was what I asked for. I asked for like some, I asked for to show me if this is the real thing. And that was like that recording kind of proved it to me. Let me know if I let me let me. So if I remember it correctly, when you said you were on the San Pedro, that you'd be sitting in the jungle, and you'd look up at a plane or something would fly over, and then you'd concentrate on the plane, and you'd be able to hear the conversations inside the plane. Did I say that? I don't remember that actually. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> you also said right. that, uh, or you said maybe someone said someone else, had, or maybe Eugene said that. Was Eugene with you? Yeah, I think I think Eugene probably said that. Yeah, yeah Eugene. Gonna... You said you also said uh, Eugene. I think I had Eugene on the show a while back talking about astral projection. So you uh, you also said that you were like, yeah, that you were like rippling, rippling the uh, the forest, the jungle for you, but that you were like opening up your fingers and that there were like mini universes between your your your. That was him. That, your... was that was that was that was Eugene. That was, that Eugene. was Eugene. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. Uh, so if I remember correctly, you had like an astral thing, like you fucking, sh your, your body shot up into space. The next thing you knew, you were on a, a fucking spaceship with these. With no, these fucking... I, was, I, 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 I was just ripped apart and put back together again. But you know, these, these kind of visions, you know, I, I, I think oh, I, you were just ripped I, apart. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a really powerful, intense experience, but these visions usually, um, you know, uh, they're just visions. You know, I mean, what I'm, what I'm starting to learn now with the medicine, like I have, like after you do it for years and years and years, I, I, I actually kind of learned how to heal myself with them. So I had, 
like a, a tumor in my throat and I oh, healed it working with the medicines. And I also healed my sciatica working with the medicines. What? With, uh, um, with mostly ayahuasca. Okay. Also like also all my addictions I got rid of with the medicine, you know, now, it, now I'm more of like, I actually took off drinking it last year, which actually allowed me to connect deeper to the spirit of it and the subtleties of it. And also just like, you know, um, really just getting deeper into my prayer and how I connect to things, you know? Uh, and then I'm, I've started up again. Uh, recently I started doing a little bit again, but, uh, you know, cause I also don't want it to be a crutch. You know, I want to see if I can be in connection without these plant medicines. Like they're teachers. You're supposed to integrate the information. You know, you're supposed to, um, take what you're learning from them and, and use it in your practice in your daily practice, you know? That's, a, that's the most important did, part. You remember when Pinchbeck gave us liquid acid on uh, uh-huh. Christmas Eve? And we, Christmas, we went, we yeah, went yeah, to yeah. Cleo, and we walked Cleopatra's from the, the Lower East Side to Cleopatra's yeah. Needle? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, that was right before 2012. And yeah, and da- Daniel asked me on that trip, "What do you think is going to happen in 2012?" And I said, "I think we're all going to be tripping on acid." And I, I think I was right. I think we've been tripped. Everyone's been tripping balls since 2012. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Here we are. I feel like there's. Yeah, let's get into some stuff today. Of... Say it again. Let's get into something like more part, more more present. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's, so, what's 2012 was the beginning. 2012 was the beginning of this awakening where a lot of people started waking up, and I feel like here's the next wave. 2020 is the next wave. So, I think um, because a lot of the stuff that we were talking about in Don Peyote, they're now fucking hashtag trending topics today. Uh, are you kidding? Oh, are you kidding me? They're, they're, oh yeah. Oh, the conspiracies are. Yeah. 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 Conspiracies are now mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> I have some theories around all of it, actually. Please. Let's, okay. let's dive into the fucking rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, I've actually, this, this last, uh, you know, it's been, re- first of all, this is a really interesting time in the liminal world. And we're in a pause, right? And... I really feel that, in essence, the, the quote-unquote dark and the quote-unquote light are actually working together in creating awakening. I think there's an importance to all these dark ideas that are being um, put forth to us in this way that it's being put forth to us. I mean, it's dark. There's some dark stuff that's being put out there right now, the possibilities of what could happen, you know? But I, I also believe that this, these dark ideas uh, can create a humbling and an awakening. And, uh, and uh, um, because, like, if you look at this in, 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 at nighttime, you look in the sky, what do you see? You see darkness, and then you see a star. You can only see the star in the darkness. So what is the darkness doing? It's literally showing you the light or helping you see the light because you can't see it without it. Right. No, that's exactly it. The 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 darkness helps you see the light. 
it's a um it's like a rite of passage it's like a uh it's a mass um growing up ceremony right mm-hmm. it's basically mm-hmm. if all this is true if all of this stuff comes out into the open all the shadowy skeletons come out of the closets and people really see, you know, regular Joe Schmo has no idea about any of this shit. You know, housewife. Like, what? You know, like, you know, like my favorite talk show host is a what? You know, like, like as soon as, like, they start to, if this stuff comes to fruition, if it's all true, people are going to, it's going to be like a cataclysm. People are going to be so shocked. Well, into it's, 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 they're going to be it, it, it's going to the, the, it's it's a revelation it's an unveiling of truth the and pressure the pressure of, yeah the unveiling of truth there's also a lot of pressure creating like an evolutionary process like you need the pressure you know like yeah. ah, right no you need the exactly you need the pressure to create a diamond you need the it's unfortunate that you need this but you that's how you learn the lessons you know, that's how you learn the experiences as as humanity, you know, moving forward. That's how we you know learn. Sto- do, you, do, you know right the, do you know the stories of how a, I'm sorry to cut you off, but do you know the stories of how a caterpillar turns into a butterfly? Do you know the story? What happens to the chrysalis? Yeah. So, no, the, the cat- so the caterpillar eats 300 times its weight every day, right? So it's a consumer. Right. That's what a caterpillar does. Well, it's just consumed like crazy, right? A bunch of a bunch of caterpillars can eat an entire tree in a day, right? Jesus. So when it when when they go into the chrysalis, what happens in the chrysalis is there's millions of slime cells, which are these kind of like dark, confused cells, and there's this very small amount of these other cells called imaginarial um, imaginal cells. Imaginal cells. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. Imagine. So like imagine, imaginary, you know, imaginal cells, right? And what happens is is the the slime cells try to attack the imaginal cells and kill them, okay? And the imaginal cells have to convince the slime cells to turn into a butterfly. This is the truth of how a butterfly is created. So that's a microcosm for the human race. Could be. I mean, I like to look at it that way. You know, I mean, if we look at all the conspiracy theories, right? Like, I love this one. This one's been really getting me lately. The fifth dimension, right? The 5D, all the ascended masters. Oh, we're going into the fifth dimension. The 5D, 5D is coming. You know, you read all that stuff. And then you got the 5G. Oh, there's the police state coming. The 5G is coming. The police state's coming. (laughs) Like, literally, after over, over the last, like, what, like five years? I've been reading about 5D and 5G. And the funny thing about five is it's the number of the human, the human number, you know? So you got this like, you got this like, one side is like, we're going to evolve into this fifth dimension and everything's going to be happy and pleasant and we're going to be hashtag super blessed. And then there's the other side is we're going to be in the police state and the, 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 the cabal is killing us. And, and, and right now, those two things are like swimming around each other. And we're just like in this kind of soup with like these dark ideas and these light ideas of, oh, we're going to be a butterfly or, oh, we're going to be in a police state or, you know, it's, and, and it's like, what do you put your attention on? You know, 
because really you can't trust your mind anymore. You can't trust what's in the news. You can't trust what's being told to you. None of it, you can really say with a, a precision thought that it's, it's a truth anymore. Nothing. So now what, what do you have left? You have intuition. You have to go in, connect to your intuition, and then connect to the, the opportunity to free yourself and evolve because there's no future. There's only this present moment where we don't know what's going to happen next. We can't make any plans. Like you don't know when your movie's starting again, right? <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know anything about your life right now except for the fact that you are where you are. You might get a cookie later. Maybe you play with your kids, yeah. right? But, but you don't even have plans to get the cookie later. You may have a cookie. You may not have a cookie, but that's it. That's as far as your future goes right now. I'm just trying to get through this interview. <laughs> no, it's absolutely right. I, I was having a conversation with my wife today. I was just like, because I saw that she was micromanaging everything. I was like, I saw that she was worried because, you know, we're homeschooling them. So she's like, fuck, we ha- she has this, we got to get my daughter to this thing in 15 minutes to the, to in front of the, the, you know, the computer so she can have her class, you know, her virtual class. And I'm like, honey, what are you stressing about? She's, she's four years old. <laughs> you know, like, and then I'm like, you know what? Let's, let's, let's even say, okay, she's in college. She's in college. She has to get to her virtual class. Who gives a shit? Like, let's stay in the moment with the, let's stay in the, the moment with the kid right now. And, and, and I was like, that's how you're going to get through this, honey. I was like, that's how I'm getting through this. I know that, that I have to get, I know, I know that I have to get my four-year-old to a 15-minute, this is how I approach it. In 15 minutes, I got to get my four-year-old to a class. I don't give a fuck about that class in 15 minutes. I care about what my daughter needs right now because if I don't, if I'm not fully, this is what my daughter's taught me, if I'm not fully in the moment paying attention to my daughter and her needs in the moment, that's it, it unravels, and then then she's crying, she's flipping out, I'm not listening, and I'm not getting it right, and and that's it, it just fucking unravels. But if I fucking surf it and I take it moment to moment, second by second, okay, we want the shoes now, okay, we got to put the thing in the hair, okay, not that thing, the other thing in the hair. As long as I take it moment, as long as I just flow with it, if I go in any way, honey, honey, we got to get to the thing. We got to get. It. If I pressure her in any way, that's it. Everything mm-hmm. goes out mm-hmm. the fucking window. And my wife has just learned that. She's just learning that. And it's this amazing mm-hmm. lessons that we're learning during this quarantine that I'm learning about we're, we're, remaining in the we're, moment we're, because you don't know what's coming. You don't know. We no idea. And we're still all running these old programs like school matters. You know, you know what matters? Planting seeds matters now. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. all these, like, like, you know, like there are no businesses left anymore. Everything's closing. All these, you know, I know people that own businesses right now, like million dollar, yeah. a couple million dollars a year. You know, they've been leveraged to the Hilton loans. Everyone's all gone. Everything's gone. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's on the other side of this, you know, but it certainly probably doesn't really make too big a difference if you're learning, you know, school stuff right now <laughs> that's probably yeah. more 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 useful things to be like engaging in at this point like probably love and heartfelt ideas and working with soil and planting seeds and you know um connecting you know connection really you know probably is the most yeah. important 
things, right? We have to connect while we're social distancing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, can, well we, we got the opportunity to connect to ourselves right now, so that's really good, too. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So when I reached yeah. out to you, you said, you said that I was like, hey, what do you want to talk about? You were just all gas. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no, no. That, that article I sent you was interesting because it actually was an inspirational article that my friend sent me. I think he wrote it. Um, well, what I learned... What I learned yeah. from ayahuasca and what I learned from this whole fucking thing is that this is a video game and that, you know, there's just, just like the caterpillar and, you know, we, we the next levels, there are levels. And, and we, mm -hmm. we're we here to learn how to manipulate our energy. We figure out how to fucking manipulate energy, the energy of our environment, the energy that we have inside of us, our chi. If we figure that out, then we can go to the next level um, and have some skills there. Otherwise, we got to get sent back here and start over. But you know that that's my that's my um, understanding of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we don't know. We don't know any of it, right? We really just don't know anything. That's one thing that I've been. One thing I really learned from doing all of this medicine is how little I know. And every time I think I start to know something, like aha, I have an aha moment. I'm spiritual. I I've got spirituality and I'm learning things and I'm Mr. Medicine guy. I realize that I'm completely full of shit and I know absolutely nothing. And so just to be like getting comfortable with the idea that really we don't really know what's going on. And I think that this situation is really showing us that. And, you know, there's some other really interesting things that happen in, in the pop culture world or the, or the world stage that I've noticed um, as far as like showing me um, the illusion, showing me that it's an illusion. Right. So you have like this idea of fake news. Right. In essence, that's quite genius, because what it tells me is that nothing is to be trusted out here. So it's an opportunity to learn to trust my intuition because I can't even trust my mind because my mind is brainwashed by all this stuff. You know, so you have to like it, it, it's an opportunity to go in and recognize that the only way you can really uh, guide yourself or navigate this world is through intuition right now. And what does that even mean? Because we're not connected to it. So it's an opportunity to learn about that. And the other thing I just want to put out, because I have to mention the Trump situation, is has anyone realized that his name is Trump? And that is like the trickster card or the Hyoka in, in Lakota, which is the person who goes the other way. He's also the reflection to show us what we've become. Like his name literally means what he is. And isn't that, isn't that, and he's, he's literally represents the, 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 the zero card in the tarot deck, the fool card, which is the most powerful card. It's, it's the card you don't know which way it's going. He literally represents that and his name means it. And everything he's doing represents that archetype. So it's as if he's not even a real person. He's just the archetype of that zero card in the tarot deck. And it's so you think just, yeah, I think it's a cosmic joke. I think we're being, I think we're being like hoodwinked a, here, and we're allowing. Well, it's like a giant to. simulation. It's like, what will you choose? What do you choose? Who, who do you go with? It's right or wrong? What you know? It's like a, it's like a choose your own adventure, and you know, yeah, not a lot of, of not a lot of people win. Yeah. Not many people win this game. I don't know if it's winnable. I think, you know, I think I know, you know how you win this game? It's by knowing it's a game. Right. 
knowing it's a game and knowing it's not real. I just, just, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's funny, like I I was telling you, like, you know, I've been building that Costa Rica, that that community down in Costa Rica in paradise for the last few years. And, you know, I knew something like this was coming. Me and you have been talking about something like this was coming for years. And the one place I didn't want to be is in New York. And guess where I ended up? Oh, man. Okay. I have a paradise, paradise community with all cool, good-looking spiritual people with fruit growing on the trees and everything, and I'm in New York with no home, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's freezing cold and and dark still, you know? It's not even spring yet. You're a glutton for punishment, man. You know, no, no, but, but here's the thing. Yes, I did create this for myself, absolutely. But here's the thing that I'm starting to realize. It's like if, you know, as a practice, if I want to really learn how to be an alchemist, how to, how to transmute things into light or to really be in my light, being at ground zero or being in the belly of the beast is the best place to be. You understand? So at, for, like if I was in paradise, yeah, I'd be going through things, but you're like on the edge of the fire when you're in paradise. You know, you're still going to feel it. But you're, you're safe, you're comfortable, you got a nice bed, you got food growing everywhere, you got fresh water, you know? But here. You need darkness, you need the darkness in order to convert the, it into light, right? You got it. Right, right. I need to be in. I, how else am I going to learn about the magic that I, inside of me, if I'm safe, you know? And actually, in actuality, safety and insecurity are the same feelings. The same things come out of safety, because if you're safe, you feel like you have to be safer and there's never, you're never safe enough. And if you're not safe, you feel not safe. So it's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you've, uh, you've done a lot of drugs in your time. You've probably done every single drug out there. (laughs) I've done, I've done, I've done my fair share of, yeah, a lot of, yeah, yes, I've done. Yes. Yeah, I've got, I've got. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about this whole adrenochrome thing? This whole... <laughs> the, the QAnon conspiracy stuff? Yeah. The, the, um, well, I think it's quite interesting. And, and you know, um, like I said, like, <sighs> yes, sure. I believe it. Okay. What is that going to do for me now? Okay. Sure. I believe it. Maybe I've been reading about this pedophile ring stuff for 10 years. I've been reading about how all these people are getting arrested for 10 years. 10 years we've been reading about this stuff. It's always, oh, they're almost getting arrested. Now's the time they're getting arrested. Oh, my God, it's all coming down. Oh, they're rescuing all the kids now. You know, I mean, these stories are just, they're on repeat, man. You know? Do I, do I feel like there's truth in them? I think every story, every told has truth in it. Because if somebody believes it, then it's in the consciousness, and then I'm a part of the consciousness, so I'm a part of that, that belief system I'm somehow. I'm having that experience of believing that, you know? And somehow it's a reality for me too. But, I mean, what, what, is, what is it going to do for me? To, is it going to make me feel better that these people are almost arrested? Is it gonna, what is it going <laughs> to really do for me, well, what's, you know? What, like, is it going to help my diff- situation? Is it going to is it going to help the world situation? Is it, 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 is it actually going to happen? 
Is it actually happening? Well, I think what's mm-hmm. what's different now is that this stuff is actually becoming mainstream. Like, yes, like yes, I'm talking yes. about it. Epstein like years actually, ago. Uh, yeah, the Epstein stuff really broke it open when he quote unquote killed himself. That was really like over the top, you know. The Epstein stuff, you know. Yeah. You know. Of course. I mean, that's it's it's at the center of a lot of this stuff. Um, my 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 thing is this: is like I look at that, I look at that frog. You know the uh, what's it called, Pepe, the the QAnon yeah, yeah. frog, right? And I see that frog, and and I'm like, what? Why does that frog make me feel so kind of squeamish and ooky and weird when I look at it? <laughs> and I'm like, what is it? And I was like, I was like, is he? It looks like he's, it looks like he's sweating. Like it looks like he's just like uncomfortable <laughs> or something. And then I and then I and then I'm constantly thinking about the experiment where you put the frog in the water. In the, yeah. And, right, right, right. And instead right. of turning it all the way up, you turn it up real slow so that it boils so real slow. Now it's happening. And yeah, the yeah, frog right. has no fucking clue that he's about to die. And, right, and, right, right. and that's interesting. That's good. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is that is that what we're doing here? Is that what we're we're okay? Let's say all the shit. Oh, oh, are are, are say, we the frog, or is somebody else the frog? Who's the frog? The movement, whoever you know, the QAnon movement. I'm really yeah. hoping that who you know who knows what's going to happen. But I look at the QAnon movement, and it's just like, oh, well, here's the date. It's going to happen now. Well, we're going to seal. You know, the, uh, the indictments are getting unsealed. Wait, I, I, and, I, 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 I actually hope you know, that it, it, this whole thing is true and it all happens. Me too. Because then it would be because you know you know why? No, actually, the only reason why, and I know this may sound kind of weird system and cold, would crumble. It would be incredible. But 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 also it's because then Trump would actually be the savior. So the the crazy Joker clown character that everyone thinks would actually like that would be a good storyline in the movie that we're watching here. You know, it'd be a funny sure. storyline to me. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but like, and, right, right, the, right. The Joker, the Joker is the uh, is the, is the savior. However, <laughs> that comes with the, some strings attached. Yeah, I mean, you know I mean what I'm I, 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 it always does, right? It comes with the string attached of another madman, you know, at the helm of something else. You know, it's like, um, you know, look, this. I think that there's also like a big issue right now with the, with men and women. Uh, the masculine and feminine are going through a very difficult time communicating. And there's a lot of um, uncomfortableness with that. And I think that that's mm. actually making things even messier. And then that needs to be worked out. You know, that needs to, um, there needs to be some sort of un- more deeper understanding of what's happening with all that. Cause the feminine is getting very strong, very empowered and the masculine and all the guys are just crumbling and just trying to find their way through what's, they don't even know what it means to be a man anymore. And that's, that's a very um, uh, confusing thing to be in the consciousness right now during all this, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of it. Well, isn't that the whole, that's what, you know, I learned all this shit during Don Peoy, the whole yin is rising, like all, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Age of Aquarius. All the, stuff, yeah. Yeah. It's the, the, the feminine energy is taking over and is that in correspondence with the whole, you know, moving into the, um, 
what is it, the, the the photon field or whatever? The photon I, I don't, where everything's heating up. I guess I don't really know much about that stuff. You know, I mean, there's so well, much. You know, remember, like, listen, remember, remember, Sung Beck, remember Doctor Kassar, remember all these, remember Sung Beck. Yeah, he, he's supposedly flying around with government officials right now. I talked, I talked to Sarah the other day, actually. Okay, yeah. Sung. Okay, like, let's get into Sung for a second. He's in Don Peyote. He he introduced me to the concept of Homo Sanctus. I never knew right. if he was for, for real or not. But the, the idea of homo sanctus was so fascinating, which is basically like human 2.0. Human species under the pressure of our toxic environment and the pressures of, you know, society, everything, creating people who um, the pollution doesn't hurt them. They can eat anything. They'll, they can eat plastic. They can live off the land. They're like, you know, they're like basically – Right. Um, well, they're – you know the next level. It's like they're using the environment for right. them, um, right. and they're they're actually their their genome is incredibly different than human. It's like they're you know they they have more DNA strands. One of the signs is that you don't have molars or something. It's like you don't you don't have any of the vestigial organs. They're like they're they're out of your body. You don't have any of those problems that a Homo sapien has, um, and so I always thought this was an amazing concept. It's like the, the evolution of man, where are we going next? And um, so what are you saying? That he, that he also, he always claimed that he was homo sanctus, that he could eat garbage. And, and he's like, yeah, it never bothered me. I could just, <laughs> like, he was like, like, anyway. So what are you saying? Is he traveling around with government officials? I don't know. He's supposedly like a like like um, you know like uh, flying around, dealing with everything that's happening. And uh, Sarah said he didn't, she didn't get much information out of him, but he's like he, he's a very unusual guy. He's like kind of like one of these guys that is tied into like all sorts of things that you can't possibly understand how or what or what he actually is. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. As far as like this whole idea, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that there's, you know, an evolutionary process happening right now. And there's going to be a lot of chaos and disorder and um, death. And also there's going to be lots of life and a lot of growth at the same time. I just think that everything's going to be happening at once. I think it's like, a, it's like death and rebirth are right next to each other, always. You know, it's like things are dying and things are growing. You know, it's like funny, like I've seen in the last two months, I don't know, about 10 people I know have died, not just from Corona, actually no one from Corona, but people have just been dying recently. Um, what do you mean? People that I've known well throughout the years, you know, like a bunch of old, old school artists from New York just died. Peter Beard just died. Um, and, you know, I've also seen like a ton of, beautiful enlightened babies over the last you know couple of months so this is like like babies are being born plants are being born plants are dying humans are dying it's just this this, this cycle is still happening you know it's just you know people are doing there's amazing people doing amazing things there's a dark people doing dark things yeah it's the, this yeah, man, is the human right. experience. It's all, it's all happening side by side. 
Both side by side. And and this is the this is what this is the human experience. This is the, the duality that we're we're living in. This is I guess if we're spirits in human form, if this is the storyline we're going with, and we've come here to have this dualistic experience because we're used to being in the oneness. But in order to, we come in to have a dualist experience to learn more about our oneness and to evolve the oneness through the duality. Let's say that's what's happening here. I, I don't know for sure, but I, I like that storyline. So then if that's the one I like, I, I, I choose to look at that one because that one makes kind of sense to me because then I can look at this and say, okay, so darkness is a part of the experience I'm having. Pain is a part of the experience of having. Suffering is a part of the experience of having, but also love and, you know, uh, happiness is a part of the experience I'm having. And how can I feel love and happiness and, and all these good feelings? Uh, how do I even know that they exist? But because they, they exist next to the pain and the sorrow as well, you know? Now, is the next step to evolve from that idea? I guess so. But, I, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't really understand that yet. I guess enlightenment, you know, uh, is the... Is, is the idea, but what is, you know, I, I mean, I guess until you get there, you really can't possibly understand what that means, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or really how to get there, you know? I have to, I'll send you a picture of this thing. I got this, uh, I got this picture of um, the, the Buddhist, it's, it's the Wheel of Karma, right? It's a map. I'll send yeah. you a picture of it. It's a map of how to get out of the, the karmic wheel. You know, the, the, you know and, and all the steps you need to take to release yourself from this, this constantly going in circles of like creating karma and, um, and, and, uh, and living your karma and creating karma and living your karma and creating karma and living your karma. So, so it's like a map to get out of it. I don't really understand it, um, but I, I, I like to look at it. You know, maybe it'll don't you just have to really like, don't you have to just change your frequency, your vibration and just like forgive yourself so you don't have guilt? Yeah, I think that's a really big part of uh, uh, that. But I think there's more to it than that. You know, um, uh, it, it, hmm. yeah. It, you know, me, and you have to it, pray it, to the ascended fathers for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I like I like Buddhism because it's, it, it, uh, I, I've been looking at Buddhism a lot lately because it seems very clear in how it operates. Like it's. Um, um, it doesn't have a lot of like deities yep. and storylines. It's just very like kind of, you know, like here's my favorite story of the Buddha. This story is one I aspire that actually inspires me. Okay. It's a, it's a longer story than this, but I'll give it to you like really quick. Right before the Buddha was becoming enlightened, he was sitting under a tree and he's about to be enlightened. Right. And all the evil forces of the world came at him and threw spears at him. Right. And he held up his hand and turned all the spears into flower petals. That's the story. That story, as stories go, I like to be thinking of that story all the time. You know, yeah, the alchemy, that, that, man. that's the alchemy, right? Right. That's the it's like, what, what, what do you want to put in your mind? Do you want to put in your mind conspiracy theories and the fact that you're enslaved by these people and that you can't get out and you have to wait till the, the good people, the good guys get the bad guys and the bad guys get the good guys and, and sit there and spin out on those stories. Or do you want to, or you want to try to put stories in your mind that are, that help you evolve beyond the storylines because the stories are the problem because we don't know what's true and what's not, you know, we're, we're, we need to operate in the space between the stories. So we can create our own stories. 
you know? And I think that's how you free yourself, essentially, you know? Stuart, you, you, you're stirring the pot, man. You're stirring the pot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Thanks for, coming on the, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It was really fun, Dan. Thanks for inviting me. I, really, yeah, I miss you, man. I like to snuggle yeah, with you I'm, sometimes. Whoa, yeah. whoa. I'm glad you're doing okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, like, like I think back on all of these, I just, like I said, I've been talking about this. Don Peyote was just like the, the gateway to all of these, all of this knowledge. And so you mm-hmm. were a huge part of that, you know, and I just wanted to. Yeah. By the way, it was my, the con- my awakening spark up the conversation. So we created this, we created this alchemy together. It's like, it woke us both up, yeah. you know, we went down so many roads since then. It's been such a journey since that movie started. It's crazy. <laughs> that was like a magical talent. It was, it was a magical talisman we made. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very. Oh, man. Please say, uh, give my love to your family. And, uh, into the old, uh, you're, you're, you're in uh, England right now, right? You're UK? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm in the UK and things are knock on wood. They're, they're very chill here. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where are you staying? Are you in the country at least? <clears throat> no, I mean, I'm right outside of the city. Um, and I, you know, we have our, we have our escape plan. Uh, if shit okay. gets a little hairy. Um, we're going to, we're going to go to, to Stonehenge near there, which I think is like very appropriate. <laughs> it's oh, just yeah. wait for the UFOs. <laughs> we'll just wait for UFOs to save us. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's my plan, pal. Um, that's a good one. I gotta, yeah, I gotta get to the wife. Um, okay. Enjoy. Uh, I love you very safe. much. You too, buddy. Uh, and, and please. Please, uh, you know, if anything gets funky out there, you're my connection or one of my connections out in New York. But you're in a good spot. You're outside of New York, so you got like a you got a, a view from the hill, you know. So just, you know, let me know if anything fishy goes down. I mean, I think it is. <laughs> I love you, man. You have a beautiful right, day man. and uh, night. It's nighttime for you. All right. Yeah. Enjoy. All right. All right. Talk much to you love. Soon. Be good.